0: It's my pleasure to have you listening to my show today. It's my sincerest desire for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and safer. My name is Reverend Wynn Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. This podcast is the longest-running, single-hosted, spiritually-based radio internet talk show in America. It's been on the air for over 24 years. I bring you information about the disease of addiction, your purpose in life, and investigative reporting on truth just below the surface. Breaking news yesterday indicated that the Justice Department, on recommendation by the CDC, would file an appeal from a federal judge eliminating the mask mandates on airplanes and trains. Our guest today is Dr. Robert O. Young, who is eminently qualified to discuss the scientific basis for wearing masks. Here's his biographical information. Neil Solomon, MD, PhD, former head of research for John Hopkins University said, Dr. Young may be on the threshold of a new biology whose principle, if proven, could revolutionize the biology and medical worlds. Over the past two-and-a-half decades, Dr. Young has been widely recognized as one of the top research scientists in the world. Throughout his career, his research has been focused at the cellular level. Having a specialty in cellular nutrition, Dr. Young has devoted his life to researching the true cause of disease and subsequently developing the new biology to help people balance their lives. Dr. Young has devoted his career to the discovery of the missing pieces necessary to complete the larger picture of health. He is the author of over a hundred published peer-reviewed articles. His PH Miracle series of books have sold over 10 million copies and they have been translated into 29 languages and are gaining a widespread following internationally in over 159 countries. In the 80s, following his schooling at the University of Utah, Dr. Young studied medical microbiology. In 1993, he received a Master's in Nutrition from the American College in Birmingham, Alabama. In 1995, he received his Doctor of Science with emphasis in chemistry and biology. In 1997, he received a PhD degree in nutrition. Continuing his studies and research, Dr. Young later received an additional doctorate degree in uh, naturopathy, that's the ND degree, in 1999. He's a member of the American Society of Microbiologists the Microscopy Society of America and the American Naturopathic Society. President Carter made this statement about Dr. Young's work. With over 52 books on the market, Dr. Robert O. Young has established himself as the preeminent scientific researcher on how to balance the body chemistry and achieve one's ideal weight. Every African-American and every African-Caribbean person suffering from type 1 and 2, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, AIDS, heart disease, youth obesity, and every person reared on soul food needs to discover the pH miracle and the rejuvenating recipes that alkalinize and energize an over-acidic diet. I have made this revolutionary dietary paradigm shift an official part of my professional ministry because it eliminated my acid reflux disease without prescription and reduced my weight by 50 pounds in less than two months, Dr. Young stated. He has been the keynote speaker at medical and health gatherings all over the world, and appeared as a guest on many national radio and television shows, including mine, uh, which is uh, Freedom From Addiction, Share Your Mission, and Truth Just Below the Surface. I would invite you to go back in archives and pick up and listen to all of his previous shows. You'll be glad that you did. Some of his most notable accomplishments include the developer of a new theoretical paradigm called the new biology theory, pioneered in the research of a biological process called pleomorphism. Dr. Young's work has been featured on Oprah Winfrey's show by Dr. Oz and several documentaries. Dr. Young has developed and devoted his career to the discovery of the missing pieces necessary to complete the larger picture of health. More recently, Dr. Young's um, career has taken a, a turn into the realm of scientific research in the fields of the coronavirus pandemic, with emphasis on microscopic findings of dangerous substances in the mRNA shots, the lack of scientific proof of a benefit from wearing masks, and the lack of benefit and the destructive effects of lockdown. Dr. Young, you have sent me a massive list with over 100 links to reports, case studies, and scientific studies relating to the inability of masks to protect people from coronavirus. Would you start by giving us an overall generalized statement concerning the science or lack of science behind this mass discussion?
1: Well, thank you, Wynn, and thank you for your introduction thank you thank you for your contributions uh to humanity and uh and that you're still uh making efforts to to reach out and provide a platform you know so people can still learn and grow not just uh temporally but also uh emotionally mentally and especially spiritually uh i i've said uh, and I learned this in my youth that we are eternal spiritual beings having a physical experience, not temporal physical beings having a spiritual experience. Uh, so we are eternal in nature, and uh, we've come here very simply as uh, uh, to earth which represents a school of learning. And and people might ask, well, what are we to learn? And I would suggest to you that what we are here for is to learn the basic principles of duality uh, and the duality of life, that there needs to be opposition in all things that we can learn by our experience. And many of us, Started this at a very young age where our mothers told us not to touch the stove, and we, out of curiosity, touched the stove. You know, when she told us if we do, if we, it would burn our fingers. Uh, but we still did it anyway because we have that instinct and that curiosity to know that duality. We were born with it, it's innate in every soul that walks this planet, is to experience love, to experience the opposite of that, to experience peace, and to experience the opposite of that. That we, through that experience, we learn, we grow, and not become gods, but we become like God, eternal in nature, with these experiences, preparing for us for even more adventures in our eternal life. And yes, in my youth, uh, when I was a teenager of 19, I agreed with no compensation or consideration, never being, you know, to, well, you know, for this type of adventure, uh, going to a land. To literally share uh, further light and knowledge to people, you know. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to be an ecclesiastic minister, um, uh, a missionary, for several years, where I was able to, as a young man, uh, teach and share the eternal nature of who we really are and why we're here. There's three main questions that I think mankind and womankind have been asking since the beginning. Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? I would share with you that we know these answers and that you can know them and know that we are eternal in nature and this part of our adventure is to help us grow and to become more like our creator. While we're here, though, we do experience this duality of life. And unfortunately, some of this duality, you know, is, is, is displayed through the media and is very, very difficult. We're seeing that even right now. We're seeing what is happening to many places around the world and specifically in, uh, in a country called Ukraine. People that are our brothers and sisters, uh, whether they be in Ukraine or Russia or wherever they may be, and how that we attempt to get along with each other and how we treat each other. And and of course, uh, uh, as the Beatles said in one of their songs, all we need is love is apropos to what is going on. Because love, even Albert Einstein said, is the primary ingredient in defining E equals MC squared, energy equals matter it cannot happen without a defining, you know, understanding that love is the force of all creation, all creation, all of God's creation, even our creations as a type to where, you know, we develop relations and families and the strength of our cities, the strength of our countries are based on very simple principles, that the family is the central unit of society. And when that is being attacked, which it is in many different ways, there is a destruction of that family. And I can't say, I I can actually say that that this so-called you know, pandemic, uh, which I have suggested is not a pandemic, it's a pandemic, is an example of the destruction of the central unit of society, which is the family. It breaks up, it distorts, you know, reality with lockdowns, with, uh, you know, restrictions, with mandates, even from masking to mandate masking, and the confusion that we all feel and that our children sense are are, our treasure. As Walt Disney says, our children are our future, and they are literally being destroyed by these lockdowns. So I have made it, as I would say, as a self-ordained mission, but I feel impressed that it's, it's beyond that because I'm spurred on, even in the face of adversity, to continue with my work, to continue to publish. And in early 2000, well, in 2019, prior to the announcements, That took place or what happened in Wuhan, China, and then subsequently after that, and the lockdowns and uh, the restrictions began in March of 2020. I had done a lecture in Bali, Indonesia, about what was going to be happening and, 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 and some of the inflictions that have ensued by the promulgation of. Toxic chemicals, radiation poisoning that we've all been subject to, but has been covered up and also uh, through censoring, so I shared that with the International Tribunal of Natural Justice, and I gave my testimony, and that testimony is available for everyone to listen to uh And I can provide the link for that, uh, for that uh, testimony. And of course, in that, I talk about what is a virus. I talk about what are vaccines. I talk about the ingredients. But something has uniquely happened that has never happened before in the development of uh, a, let's say, an agent in order to protect us from a so-called infectious condition. And when I talk about this, you know, terms and definitions are very, very important. And it's under, understandably, when you start talking about things as science, for many of you, that may be like, if you don't speak a specific language, it is a language that very few people understand. In my world, is a world of looking under a microscope, which I believe is more powerful than any gun, to be able to see things that are in an unseen world that we call micro or nano particulates. To be able to see these entities, to see yeast, to see bacteria, to see mold, to see the transformations of these particular entities and how they, how they come to be. I mean, many of you have seen this by just opening up your refrigerators and looking at the food that is, that is aged through, you know, just time, you see moldy food. You know what mold looks like. You know what yeast looks like. You may even know what bacteria looks like. As things spoil, we see fermentation. And that was described very succinctly by a man which you're maybe not that familiar with, a French medical doctor and scientist by the name of Antoine Béchamp. Antoine Béchamp uh, was a professor and a teacher. And he was in complete dichotomy to another one that, that I know you know probably very well well, at least you've heard of his name, and his name was Louis Pasteur, and his, when you think of Louis Pasteur, you may remember that that he was one that postulated, one, there were others before him, that postulated a theory called the germ theory, and this germ theory very simply explained is that the germs of the air would infect our bodies, and it was the germs that would cause a specific disease. And of course, Pasteur introduced not the first, Jenner was one of the first in the 1700s, but here in the later 1800s, the practice of inoculation and developing uh, chemical treatments, which we call vaccines, to provide some sort of pseudo immunity or protection against some invasion of a bacterium or or a primitive bacteria back then they called it filter bacteria and only the word virus only became popularized in the 60s so it hasn't been around that long in fact if you look up the latin for virus the word virus translated means poison, and that's exactly what it is. It's not a germ. It's a poison. That's why you can't see it. That's why you can't isolate an organic form of any virus by whatever name it goes by, whether it be polio, whether it be Spanish flu, whether it be HIV, whether it be Ebola. These viruses in nature have never been isolated. So in qualification, as we begin looking at masks, I would like you to, to understand specifically that viruses have not been scientifically isolated and therefore, because of that, do not exist in nature. And that which is being claimed as viruses are nothing other than combinations and cultures and fermentations of uh, everything from mice, reptiles, snakes, human, animal matter that has been altered and then patented and called a virus as if this is, exists in nature. So I, I would like to say, when initially before we get into the masks, because the masks become ineffective, useless in defending against something that has never been isolated and that does not even exist. And I know what you're thinking right now. Well, Dr. Young, why are people getting sick? People are getting sick. And have been getting sick in 2019 and 2018 and 2000. But I want you to know, if you took the last five years of people getting sick, when Wuhan happened in December of 2019 and the United States and the CDC declared, okay, that there was a virus, a novel virus existed in nature per se that had mutated anyway, that was now being called coronavirus-19, that this announcement, when we look at the whole year, because the year 2020, there was no vaccine, for this particular uh, strain of the novel coronavirus, which was theoretically isolated 30 or 40 years before this and studied, the bottom line is: is when you take the five years prior to 2020 and the so-called pandemic, there was no change in morbidity. There was no change. In the number that in and there were in 2019, 2018, there what was changed? 2017, 16, 15. What had changed was the narrative. So, are we following the science using the gold standard? And the gold standard is how do we determine something is infectious we have to use what are called postulates and those are those are basic scientific procedures that we have to go through robert koch you know set those up they were they were amended in 1930 36 by rivers and part of that Those steps is to, when you find someone, an animal or human that is sick, you have to take out some of the fluid, and from that fluid, you have to isolate the so-called, you know, organic material, the particulate, okay? And in this case, you're going to be isolating the coronavirus, and in isolating that coronavirus, you then have to, once isolated and purified from all other contaminants, so all you have is this one isolate. And this has been wrongly defined. The definition has been changed in order to accommodate the fact That they have not, when I say they, science has not anywhere in the world, any place, any institution, have they been able to isolate and purify HIV, Ebola, you know, the Zika so called virus, and now the so called coronavirus. And then take that purification, that isolation, and reinfect an animal or a human, or infect an animal and human, and create a sickness and the symptoms associated with that sickness that is identical to the original uh, symptoms. And and then once again, you have to isolate that to prove that you actually have have identified the causation that this isolation that has been isolated with the same genetics is identical and and causing the same sickness or disease in a new host who was not before sick. This has never been done with any virus not a single time. We have letters from just about every country and every health department of those countries, and under the Freedom of Information Act have written these countries and written these institutions, even not just their health departments, but even the universities and those who have published on this to show us or give us the scientific evidence of the isolation and then purification of Ebola, of HIV, of Zika, of Corona. We have now over 178 letters of which I can provide you with the links that have declared, even our own government and the CDC, have declared from the departments that handle these requests that they have no evidence of any isolation of the coronavirus, period. Okay. I know you haven't heard this probably before, and you're probably scratching your head, why is Dr. Young announcing this, and how come we're not hearing about it? And, of course, those are questions that can be answered, but not in this, necess- in this discussion, because what we're going to discuss today is the scientific evidence that shows Because we can show that there is no virus and virology is based upon beliefs, not on the scientific method, and that wearing a mask is ineffective and literally harmful and completely useless in defending and protecting health. So uh, my statement is this. There is absolutely no conclusive evidence supporting worldwide governmental claims that any and all of the restrictive measures work to reverse or reduce this so-called viral transmission within its own basis is questionable, causing injuries, or death. The scientific evidence of my own, of which has been published, and others below in this article that you can get a copy of through Wynn, uh, below confirms that we're going to be talking about today, confirms that lockdowns were ineffective, school closures were ineffective, mass mandates were ineffective and masks themselves were and are infective. and here is the bottom line. They are all harmful. Explanation, Mark. So based upon this huge body of scientific research in this new article over the last several years I've come to my final scientific conclusion the so-called worldwide government viral pandemic narrative in response was and is today purely political there is absolutely no scientific gold standard evidence to follow other than to trust without verification Trust that we're telling you tr- the truth with no verica- verification. And when I said when I first started that the microscope is more powerful than a gun is because when I'm looking under a microscope and I'm seeing what I'm seeing and identifying what I'm identifying, no lying here. No deceiving here. The truth is the truth. So what I did was I took many of the masks which are being worn. Okay? And we see all kinds of different masks out there. You know, we've seen surgical masks. Who's uh, a nanoparticle. That's what MP95 particulates 95 95 percent that's what they're claiming here again that's a false claim uh that the filtering efficacy of all of these masks which i've looked under the microscope which i've taken micrographs of these so you can see that you could drive a bus that's a metaphor through the openings in these masks based upon size. And this is when size does matter. Because when you look at the openings under a microscope, and you're measuring these based upon the sizes of bacteria, or yeast, or mold, or dust, or pollen, or, you know, grains of 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 peptides from reptiles or from mice or from bats. You know, when you're measuring these sizes, these masks do not hold back anything. So the particulate matter, that's P.M., these, these matters, these organics and the non-organic chemicals can pass right through these masks, uh and they really cannot filtrate back out or they can, can't stop uh, these uh, smaller-sized bacteria, yeast, molds, Endotoxins, which are fragments of cells, broken cells that you cough out or sneeze or be, you're, when you're shedding some skin, bacterial phages, exosomes, which are are entities that are born out of cell membranes, they're endogenously created, things that you know about like carbon monoxide emissions, factory emissions of nitrogen dioxide hydrogen cyanide, aluminum dioxide. And one of the real culprits here, when, you, when we think, well, what's causing all this? I, I must say that the third leading cause of death in the world today is air pollution. But the main leading cause of death in the world is created from medical treatments kills more people than anything, anyone. So when we're looking at something, and it's very important you remember this graphene. Remember when your mom said, you know, put down that pencil, you know, when you're using it as a sword, you're going to stick your brother or your sister and cause lead poisoning? That's graphene. I mean, we knew this in the 60s, the graphene was poisonous, and that we shouldn't play with pencils and let, use it as a weapon, even though it can be used as a weapon. And there's different forms of graphene, graphene oxide, graphene hydroxide, but the biggest one of all, and the elephant in the room, and if you talk about it, you will immediately be censored. I know this personally. And that's when you start talking about radio waves and microwaves, or what are referred to as electrical fields and magnetic fields, or EMF, and the harm that EMF causes to cell membranes, to cell genetics, <laughs> and its magnetism, and its effect on the human biofield that I had the, the wonderful opportunity when to be part of in 1998 when I was invited to do a study of subjects in a blinded study, double-blinded study that was published in 2001. A study started in 1998 with a group of employees that worked at BBC, you know, British Broadcasting Communications, you've heard of BBC, and we took these employees of which we didn't know, you know, because there was a placebo, there was a, a group of of people that did not work there and were not exposed to the same radiation that they were exposed from eight to 12 hours a day being in front of these edit bays and all of this emf and tvs and radiation but we are able to document the effects of radiation poisoning based on you know pulsating frequencies in the megahertz and and literally document that exposure, and of course, in the 60s, the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, stated that being within six feet of your television set caused radiation poisoning, was harmful, especially to children, and they needed to be at least six feet away. This is where this whole six feet comes in, so we're social distancing. So where did they come up with six feet? Why not 10 feet? Why not 12 feet? Why not four feet? Six feet. 1960s. Mom telling us once again, don't stab your brother with a pencil. And also, get away from the TV, you know, because it's going to hurt you. Okay? And it does. It destroys the cones and the rods of the eyes. We know that because people are losing their eyesight of all the time they spend in front of their computers it affects their eyesight so yes six feet you have to be away from this why because there's a field of energy one field is electrical and one field is magnetic the electrical field is stopped by walls the magnetic field goes through walls it's the most destructive and so that field can be measured, and we were measuring it. It's measured in gauss, in this case, milligauss. And the EPA in the 60s says anything in excess of 2.5 to 3 milligauss causes cancer. Oh my heavens, when? How many people know this? When we start talking about milligauss from the electrical magnetic cars that we're driving, and we're sitting on the driver's seat of these electrical, magnetic, battery-run electrical cars, and we're literally sitting on a, in, in a closed-in cabinet, you know, of, of something that's ranging anywhere from 50 over up to 300 milligauss. Literally being poisoned by the very car. Is supposed to help us, is destroying our lives, and we're putting this, which is like a hundred times worse than smoking cigarettes. But at least we can see the smoke. And if we walk into the smoke filled rooms of a bar or an airport where they have to contain this, nobody's containing the electromagnetic fields that we're exposed to every day. And if you want to know why we're getting sick, it's because we're being Poisoned with radiation. So let's don't, let's just blame that on a virus that's never been isolated or purified, and don't talk about EMF, because if you start talking about EMF, then what's the purpose of a mask mandate? Okay, made of any material unless it's lead-lined. And there's not a mass that's going to stop this. Even the mass, which I show a picture to help with organics, it's called the, the Protec PT100 full mask, full face mask, gas mask. I mean, because when you start seeing the size of some of these chemicals and inorganics and organics we're exposed to, the one thing that is not addressed is the fact that a mass does not protect you from 4G or 5G or 6G, where 4G starts at 2.4, okay, megahertz, and goes up the 5G, which is 8.4 gigahertz, which quantum links with our own body frequency at 41.3 gigahertz, which then kills us at 60 gigahertz. And if you look at some of the studies, particularly one of the articles that went through mainstream and, and the deaths of, of, uh, uh, of bird life, where thousands of birds just literally fall out of the sky when they turn on 5G. And uh, so these are the problems uh, that I've been researching now for over 25 to 30 years, and uh, the last thing that you need to understand about these masks is uh, is when I say size does matter, that the that the holes within these masks run between. Uh, 8 microns up to 500 microns. And we're talking about surgical mass now and cloth mass And you'll see the pictures in the report, uh, mask A through F or cloth mass and G through uh, I or surgical mass And when we're looking at these masks, that... Anything over 500 microns may be stopped. Anything under 500 microns is going through. And if you want an effective mask, it has to be able to filtrate something less than nine microns. But if you want to filter graphene oxide, which I've identified is the main ingredient in the Pfizer AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and the uh, Moderna, containing a capsid, of poison. That poison is 0. 0.0001 micron. It passes through everything. There is not a blood barrier to stop the passage of this poison that's being inoculated into your body. Now, the reason it doesn't kill everybody is because it's not contained in every shot, right? Because this is this vaccine, the COVID vaccine, is under emergency use. There's a study going on. And so there's a placebo. So many of the first vaccines, you had a risk of one in 200 of getting, you know, the graphene into your body. That is now reduced to one and four with the second, three and four, and basically four. So each inoculation cre- increases the risk for you to be exposed by a compound that's cytotoxic, genotoxic, and magnetotoxic. No mask can stop this. So if it's aerosol if it's put on a Q-tip for PCR testing, if your mouth is swabbed, these contain graphene. not in all cases, because there's the placebo, which is nothing more than salt water. So when you see some of these people getting shots and they're not getting sick, and some of them do get sick, and I can explain that, and of course masks will not protect you from any of this, lockdowns does not protect you from any of this because this is a material that's being created and then injected and does not ex- and is patented by these companies does not exist in nature this is all man made this pandemic is man made these viruses are man made these vaccines are man-made, and the outcomes of these are based upon science, which is man-made. And if you ask your doctor, Doc, did you study immunology? How much, how, how much education do you have in, in um, hematology and immunology, and is it taught in medical school? He says, no, they kind of just, like nutrition, they just kind of skip over that. They brush on it, you know. You know, this is what a red blood cell looks like. This is what a white blood cell, but, you know, as far as immunity and antigens and antibodies, I mean, I mean, the education's coming from Big Harma. So using Brightfield microscopy at 1500X, you can actually see the open pores And these pores are ranging from nine microns, and a micron in inches inches is one twenty-five thousandths of an inch, one micron. And any of the nanotech technology, or one billionth of an inch, and there's not a mass that's created that can protect you from EMF, period. So what's the point? I mean, how do, you, how, do you, uh, how do you stay six feet away from a pulsating uh, frequency with cell towers and, and cells, transmitters that are, that are literally situated on every telephone pole, every light pole? They're even going to be putting it in our light posts. You know, when you come to a stop at an intersection, this is all what is called smart technology. It's all hooked up. The Internet of Things. So, when using Brightfield, you can see the openings in these masks. And uh, so, I, I put together as an example bacteria measures between 0.25 to 500 microns. Uh, that's 0.25 microns. Uh, Will also pass through the cloth surgical masks, uh, NP-95s, making wearing masks completely ineffective. And the thing that we'll talk when we see the research are harming you. This is why I've changed the name of Big Pharma to Big Harma. So in that graph that I provide, I'm showing, I'm showing uh, chemicals and particulate matter measuring from 0. 0.0001 micron, and you'll see carbon in there at the bottom here. This is what's in the inoculations to 10,000 microns. And of course, I give you that measurement uh, you know, reference, which is one micron is equal to 125 thousand thousandths of an inch. So uh, the scientific method, then the scientific evidence of mass are, are, are effective or useful or safe, there is no research. The scientific evidence which I am going to be providing to you, for you, which you will have immediate access to through Win with a link, you can click on the highlighted bold lettering that is unlighted, un- underlined. It will take you to the exact study. And when you get to this study, prior to reading it, so you don't have to click on it if you don't want to, I've given a short description of what the study's about. So you, you can cut right to the chase. So that was kind of a long introduction, Win, but I I wanted to get some of this foundation laid, so no one misunderstands that I'm not agreeing with a lot of the language in these studies, and I do not accept the reality that viruses exist. And over, uh, I was in Dubai. Uh, In 2018, at a medical conference where I presented as a keynote speaker, and my talk was dismantling the viral theory because it's fake science, period. So number one, which is highlighted, and when I've been talking a little bit, why don't you If you have any questions or any thoughts, because I have one last thing to say and then I'll turn it over to you, is as it relates to conflict of interest, I want to disclose that I have no conflict of interest, okay? You know, I don't work for big pharma. I don't manufacture masks. I do not sell nutraceuticals. I do not manufacture nutraceuticals. I do not manufacture pharmaceuticals or any drugs. I have no financial interest or receiving any financial interest or benefit by disclosing this information. Okay?
0: Okay. Um, We have uh, hundreds of various reports and case studies and scientific studies which you can uh, go to the information that I'm going to provide you uh, written that accompanies the podcast and look up any of them to see. But what struck me was that there are so many scientific reports and studies that say masks don't do any good, but if you look for the scientific studies that say masks do a really great job and you should wear them, you don't find it, and, and yet we have been indoctrinated as a bunch of sheep to believe what the consortium of individuals and groups, which includes politicians, uh, media news, technocrats, government health officials, eugenic proponents, socialists, and others, who have that narrative and agenda that they want to promote, and they try to promote it 24 hours a day. So all you hear is one side of the discussion, and unfortunately, it's not the truth. Any viewpoint that does not match up with their narrative is censured, criticized, and ends up with reprisals. And this uh, can be seen in the COVID-19 Discussion and all the various aspects of it. So it's nice to have on the show someone that's a scientist, a real scientist, that believes in the scientific method, and who you can trust when he tells you this and that about the various aspects that you want to know the truth about but hardly ever get the truth. And so I want to thank our our guest today for just being here on the program and taking his time to get you uh, indoctrinated into the problem. So, Dr. Young, thanks for, for everything that you've told us. Now, would you like to move into specific um, areas uh, of these hundreds of documents, or where would you like to go at this point?
1: Well, I would like to to educate those uh, so that they can educate themselves of how to maneuver through this article, because it is lengthy. There's over 165 references, and there's over... 165, uh, you know, abstracts, you know, information summary of what this these articles are. So it, it got to the point where I had to break it up into three parts. And we're kind of working on this. Because when I first started, I started with part one, which was the uh, uh, lockdowns, and then I went to the school closures, which is part two, and then part three is what we're talking about today, because because this is the narrative that's going on right now. And the discussion uh, with the ruling of a federal judge who has said that the mask mandate is taking away our freedom and is uh, non- or unconstitutional. And I agree with this, Wynn, and I'm sure you probably have your opinion, but I would assume it's much like mine, is that people should have their free will intact. And by putting our trust into non-elected officials at the CDC or at the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, to determine or to write regulations or to, to restrict without the voice of the people is tyranny. We didn't elect the CDC people, which is actually, a lot of people don't know this, is separate, it's not part of our government, it's a separate entity. And yet, it's treated like it's part of our government, as if it is the voice of government, as if whatever they declare should be then followed by every state in this nation, this great nation. This is so far from the truth. If they want to give their recommendation, give it. For those who want to follow it, great free will to wear a mask, free will to not wear a mask is what i fight for. Regardless of your political affiliation doesn't matter. I will always fight for free will. So, if one says from a logical because what we're suffering from here is the virus which translated as poisons, but we already have defined that, but from what is called fear. And I would like to say that fear is an acronym that stands for false evidence appearing real. And this is exactly a Luciferian concept to induce fear, false evidence, which appears real, to control people, because that's what it's all about. It's about control and manipulation. This is where the meaning in the in the gospels or in the scriptures that money is the root of all evil. It is when it takes away our free will. It is when it takes away our choice. It is when it takes away our life or our way of life. And so, as we think about this duality of life, and what is the opposite of fear? It's faith. And what does the acronym FACE stand for? The acronym FACE FACE stands for first attribute in thinking healthy. We need to displace this false narrative and the fear that has been placed upon us, and transfer that to faith, which is the first attribute in thinking healthy, healthy, which is preserving the fight that is going on on a daily basis, you know, even in real time in Ukraine, where we have a faithful people that are pushing their fears aside and exercising to protect their free agency and their free right for their sovereignty, not only for their country, but for their bodies. The question I have for you, are you willing to give up sovereignty to your body? Because when you put that mask on, You have given up your sovereign rights. You are now a sheep. You are now controlled. You are now being manipulated by an authoritarian, by a technocrat, by a lie. So you're going to follow the science or are you going to be you know close your eyes close your ears close your mouth and be subjected because i'd rather do what is right and suffer the consequences than live my life in fear when i know what i know absolutely so when you so when you're going to this article and you see number 1 and you see the title of this paper. It was written in 2021. I've given the sci- science sci- the scientists, uh, Boondegaard, it's a Danish study in English, one. This is the title of it. Effectiveness of adding a mask rec- recommendation to other public health measures to prevent SARS-CoV-2 infection, which is now called SARS-CoV-2 COVID, uh, COVID-19 infection, in Danish mask wearers. Now that sounds like a title that has a lot of problems. For example, yes, it's going to be talking about mask wearers, and they're going to be talking about COVID. But from my perspective, wait a minute. COVID doesn't exist. We're talking about infection, which actually is being caused by chemical and radiation poisoning. Will the mask protect? This is why the mask doesn't protect. It doesn't take in consideration the size of these chemicals that are passing through the mask, or the size of the matter that is passing through. So they talk about this, and and. So they, they give statistics, and they tell us that there are 42 participants who uh, occurred and 42% participants recommended mass, 1.8%. 53 control participants, 2.1%. The between group difference was negative 0.3% percentage points. And we, so we get some statistics on this summary of this, multiple imputation accounting for loss to follow up yielded similar results from a recommendation to wear a surgical mask like the MP95 to supplement other public health measures, and I emphasize this, did not reduce the SARS-CoV-2-19 infection rate among wares, by more than 50% in a community with modest infection rates, some degree of social distancing, and uncommon general mask use, close quote. As, as you're looking at the study, you may want to also consider a country who refused to mandate the mask, who didn't shut down the schools who, you know, did not mandate vaccinations. Uh, And their mortality rates really didn't change from year to year. And yet, you know, in the United States, you know, we see a case demic, which is meaningless. You have to go to VARs to actually see the underreported injuries and deaths associated with that, which represents only uh, under-reporting, only pr- reporting 1% of actual events, uh, negative events. And yet, here again, what is getting blamed? Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for this. But what I'm suggesting to you is the mask is not showing its effectiveness in preventing uh, infection, because it doesn't protect you against 4G, doesn't protect you against 5G, and doesn't protect you against so-called viruses or nanoparticulates, either in nature or man-made, that are less than eight, seven to eight microns. Okay, because when we're talking about nanotechnology, we're not in the millions of a micron, we're in billions, so there's no protection, and therefore, there would not be showing in this study that it actually reduced the infection rate. There's no evidence of that, and that's what that study suggests, so that's, that's number one, and I I have these in different orders for different reasons, and I don't, I don't know if that's that's necessary to discuss right now, other than the fact that you can go to each one, like the second one, SARS-CoV-2 transmission among marine recruits during quarantine. This was in 2020. Uh, you might find that interesting. Number three, I'm not going to go through all of them right now, but just to give you an example, physical interventions to interrupt or reduce the spread of respiratory viruses, Jefferson, in 2020. And this, uh, there is low uh, certainty evidence from nine trials. There was over 3,507 participants that wearing a mask may make little or no difference to the outcome and what they were s- studying are the symptoms from a so-called virus, here again does not exist, influenza, it's never been isolated, never been purified, never been shown to cause an infection when introduced into a non-sick animal or person. So there is moderate certainty evidence that wearing a mask probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of laboratory confirmed influenza compared to not wearing a mask. And this was in 3,500 people. The pool results of randomized trials did not show a clear reduction in respiratory viral infection, and I would like to change the word here to exposures to contributing agents like air pollution, like radiation, like uh, you know, anything that we're exposed to in that air, where there be... Uh, hydrogen, arsenic to titanium dioxide, whether we're drinking it or breathing it. Here again, there was no clear reduction, even though this stuff will pass through the respiratory, making you sick. And then all of a sudden, COVID gets blamed for this, even though there's been no increase of injuries or deaths in 2020. Uh, Respiratory violence, and that's important because when we start talking about 20. One and twenty-two, the deaths go up in relationship to the inoculations and to those based on their lots that were that were contaminated uh, and delivered to specific areas of the body by intention uh, for purposes of sterilization. And uh, this is another discussion, but the pool results of randomized trials did not show a clear reduction in respiratory outfection. So disease is born in us and from us. We may have contributing factors, but cellular breakdown, pollution in the interstitial fluids of the lung causes lung cells to break down, and this breakdown causes congestion of which can cause respiratory problems. So it's an outfection, not an infection. And, of course, this was all this respiratory viral outfection. In the report, it says infection with the use of medical surgical masks during seasonal influenza. So the masks that are being worn that you see out there on the streets, the cloth masks, the surgical masks, the MP95 masks, even the so-called MP100 masks do not protect you from chemicals, radiation poisoning, okay, with particulates that are less than eight microns. Well, Anyway, when go ahead.
0: Yeah, Robert, uh, this is really great. It's a lot of information. We've gone well over an hour, and I think our audience are probably getting a little antsy. So I think we ought to wrap it up and tell them that we'll come back, hopefully within a week, to continue and tell more about why masks don't work scientifically and uh, let them make their own decision about that.
1: Absolutely, Wynn. Thank you very much. Check out number, uh, article number seven, Mass for all, for all, everyone, anywhere in the world. For COVID-19, this is the name of the article, not based on sound data, period.
0: All right. Okay.
1: Very important stuff.
0: Tell them um, how to get in touch with you and uh, how to get more information that you can provide to them?
1: Well, probably
0: the
1: the easiest way to get a hold of this work is through my scientific blog, which is at drrobertyoung.com. And, of course, when you go there, that's my website. You just go to the top. There's a bar. It says Scientific Articles. You click on that, and that will take you to a list of articles There's over uh, 300 articles of which you can search by name or you can look at the top ones. Many of these articles that we're talking about, of course, on the face mask, uh, go back to 2019, 2020, 2021. This latest one that we're talking about is 2022. It's only a few weeks old. So you'll be able to see that at the top of the list. Uh, But you can put the word mask in the search and it'll give you those articles that relate to masks. Okay? Right. So that's drrobertyoung.com and that's the easiest way to get a hold of the material and to stay in contact. And if you want that to come to you directly, all you have to do is provide an email address, you know, put your name and the email address in there and then each time that an article is 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 done, it will go out to you automatically.
0: Great. Okay, well, we're going to close the uh, podcast and let me say in closing that um, the idea of this podcast or one of the ideas is to get to you, the people who are listening, truth, which is just below the surface. What's on the surface, which you will be indoctrinated uh, every day is not necessarily the truth. So get your family, your friends, your associates, business friends and everything to um, subscribe to this podcast so that they can have the truth and they don't have to uh, deal with the lies. Uh, The podcast is called uh, www... um, um, Freedom from Addiction. and you spell Libson, L-I-B is in boy, S-Y-N, and uh, go over check it out, and, uh, and and you'll you'll get the latest that we can come up with, and we're going to have doctor young back hopefully within the week to go on with this discussion so thanks again robert
1: yeah well thank you
0: Wynn.
1: it's always a a pleasure and thank you for providing a platform to share and because true caring is is sharing and i must say that we all need more education not vaccination And keep in mind that there's nothing so false that does not contain some element of truth. And so it is with the viral theory. So it is with the vaccine theory. So it is for the so-called immunity theory. You need to educate yourself, not vaccinate yourself.
0: Well put. Thanks, Robert. Bye.
1: All the best.